Splash 322 for throwing fire. We're keeping it there's no doubt that the game has changed and we are changing with it welcome to season two because in this season it is all about how we become and stay operational how we're ready for every moment of our life on and off the job i'm your host jeff fanman Thanks for joining me, and let's get down to it. This podcast is brought to you as a part of the Operational Mindset Foundation. Our mission is to mentally, physically, and emotionally prepare you for the challenges you're going to face on and off the job. It's funded through donations, sponsorships, and our work with departments across the U.S. Get involved with us by visiting opmindset.org. That's opmindset.org. There you can find out how to bring a new level of training to your department and how to help us expand the conversation. Now, let's fire up today's episode. All right, welcome back to Mindset Radio. I'm, well, maybe not even your host today. (laughs) Jeff Edmund here. Uh, Today on the show with me, uh, I've got Drew Williams out of a major metro law enforcement agency here in the Denver area and a former team guy, former SEAL, uh, Dan Luna. Now, you know, today I get to hang out with a cop and a former SEAL, which will be pretty interesting. And I'm sure some awesome things will come up. But we were just talking before the show. And I think we're going to change some things up today. In a few minutes here, I'm actually going to turn the reins over to Drew Williams. And he's going to host today, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but before we begin, you know, Dan has just a a radically amazing history, and you can read it in the show notes uh, through his time in the teams, and then really more importantly, what the work Dan's doing today, and kind of leading us into today's conversation. What we kind of want to maybe hit on or or focal point first is this idea of how do I lead in crisis? And so, Drew, Dan, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I think just in the pre-conversation, this is going to be a lot of fun. Jeff, thank you. Appreciate being on. Dan, good to see you. Yeah, Drew. Yeah, Drew, thanks for uh, setting this up. And Jeff, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. No, I really appreciate it. I really do. uh, I really enjoyed kind of learning some of your background, learning the work, learning the conversations you're creating. And I know you're taking some different approaches to some things. So before we really dive in, uh, why don't you just share with us a little bit about, you know, your new mission, your focal point, uh, where you're coming from? Yeah, so it's been a real interesting journey and almost just to dive right in, if you're okay yes, with it. You go. <laughs> let's let's hit it. Let's um, so to have 15 years of combat, deploying every other year, um, really at at the heights of of the the conflict, if you will, both in Iraq mm-hmm. and in Afghanistan, coming out of that, having a lot of issues that we're seeing with a lot of veterans and then with the transition. So just going through that phase and also being at the Naval Academy and what was what was real impactful for that was I was able to finish up my my undergrad did a uh, get a master's at Georgetown, and then I also stayed at Georgetown and did a uh, their grad cert in leadership coaching. So mm-hmm. as I'm in this academic arena, going through academics, and then also as an instructor at the Naval Academy, just these, and with my past uh, experience, it was like all these worlds coming together. And what I started to notice was a huge gap in training, and it was really the preparation for kind of like for pre-combat or 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 prior to stepping into instead of uh, i use the word volatility right Mm -hmm. so volatility is you know rapidly unpredictably you know change especially for the worse so as you're stepping into a situation either as a cop or in the military or as a firefighter or you know what we're seeing today with uh with doctors and first responders Mm-hmm. What does that pre-phase look like? And not just on the acad- not on the technical skills, but both, you know, mind, body, spirit, and emotion. Mm-hmm. 
So, hey, yeah. what can we do to better prep that? And so that's really the space, the pre-space. And, I, and, and I'm starting to work with this. And I'm working with a psychologist right now who's been in this field a lot longer than I have. And he brings the scientific approach. And I call it pre-traumatic coaching. So how can we coach somebody up before uh, stepping into a volatile environment? And I think there's a lot of gaps that we're missing. And that's why we're seeing a lot of issues that we're seeing today. But you're not going to get one ounce of argument out of me around that. I mean, that's the entire premise for really my life, right? Is how do we mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually prepare those who step into harm's way? How do we... Uh, you know, break down the barriers to to the experiences of trauma, uh, the experience of stress, the experience of chronic stress, all these things that weigh on us, and then getting into issues of tribe and all kinds of stuff. So I'm sure it's going to go in a million different directions today, which I'm <laughs> pretty stoked about. So, so listen, Jeff, now all you right, see my chaos, right? Now you see why yeah. I bring you two together, right? This is one of those hey, things hey, man, where you... uh, <clears throat> I, I'm blessed. And so uh, to have both of you as mentors and in my hip pocket and for those of you that are listening, these are two uh, amazing men that um, uh, pay attention. Listen, I'm going to kind of ask some questions here and tell you kind of what I did and how I came apart these two two guys we're here with. So Go. Uh, both of you, ironically, I've had the opportunity to teach with or instruct with. Uh, and so I'm going to kind of bring up two of those. So one for each mm. of you. Um, <clears throat> Dan, I'm going to kind of start with you just a little bit. So uh, as a team commander, you know, I'm always looking and learning as best we can as leaders, as many of you are that are out there. Um, if you're not leading, we're failing, right? So we're trying to look at how we can progress ourselves, but also how we can progress our uh, teammates, our shifts, our operators, whoever we're looking at. And so, Dan, I happened to come across you and um, uh, very fortunate and brought you out to do some team training with my team. You kind of touched on it a little bit here, this pre-event trauma, um, <clears throat> leading through volatility, leading through chaos, uh, crazy times that were there. And I kind of wanted you to just to touch on a little bit of those um, key facets that you talked to with my team about. So we're talking about kind of, uh, well, let's be blunt about it. I actually hit it with a fire hose and I'll let you kind of take off. How did you hit my guys? So, so I typically <laughs> don't start out a keynote. How I started it with Drew's team. Actually, I've never done that again because the audience is uh, is it's a larger audience, and it was mixed with with Drew's group. It was uh, it was just a SWAT team, so all shooters. Um, everyone had a gun strapped to them in the room, so it was a it was a very small setting. So Drew introduces me. And I'm looking around the room and there's, you know, I'm, I'm reading the audience. And um, so I'm like, oh, I really need to kick this thing off with a pow to, to get their attention. Because there's a little bit like, oh, it's cool. We have this guy, but like he's going to say some stuff. I could tell they were anxious. They were going to do some offsite training. And uh, so I kicked it off with asking um, anyone. Yeah. I asked the question like, hey, who's killed somebody in here? And that was my, that's how, that's how I kicked off this keynote. <laughs> and Jeff, the, you did feel like that oxygen just go, whoosh, like, oh, does this guy man. really just say that? <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that was, and everyone in the room was in the, the emotional uh, reaction. It, the whole energy in the, like, I actually have goosebumps right now. Just, just going yeah, back yeah. to that moment in time. The whole, like everything changed in the, there was open gasps. People yeah. were like, oh, people, some people were appalled. And, and then yeah. like, I asked, awesome. I was like, Hey, raise your hand. And so like even the body language of how the hands, some were raised up high. Some were like barely right. It was almost like I moved my hand from being flat on the desk to the hand still touching the <laughs> desk, but the hands up. So so it was such a punch in the face to everyone in the room. And then to add injury to insult, I laughed at everyone in the room. Yep. And they were just like, what is this? Like the audacity of this guy. And I started laughing at him. And I was like, hey, listen, you all, everyone in here has a gun strapped to him. And that question, I just dropped a bomb in the room. I was like, that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm here mm -hmm. to talk about the things that we're going to talk about. And then after yeah. that, it was, we, 
we went a mil- million of miles a minute. <clears throat> Man, that's an important that... important question, Jeff. I'm sure you experienced it too a little bit when you're yeah. your teaching and the, you know, you and I had the opportunity to teach here at the uh, Pepsi Center. We taught, you know, police, fire, EMS, and and mm-hmm. you start off very strong too. I mean, you 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 started off very very strong with. Well, let's talk about a little bit of that intro kind of video you showed and why you show that and what it does to people and what are we after with our mindset? Yeah, I did. That's phenomenal. I, I got a man. I can see that unfolding. And uh, wow, the, the human behavior, shame, guilt, fear, self-judgment, self-doubt, the, 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 the language that filled that room, I have to say, Dan, that's that's phenomenal, man. That was, that's, I got that. Wow. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, Drew, I mean, generally speaking, you know, I start off with uh, a couple key videos uh, in, in kind of the operational mindset format. And they're interesting because for me, what I want to do in, in really diving into people is I want to get them emotionally triggered, right? Emotionally engaged in the conversation we're about to have. Uh, and I have found that the videos that I use are extremely helpful because, you know, I ask the audience to, to set aside their, their judgment. Uh, and you know this, Drew, if you walk in and Dan, you get this, right? Nowhere. And I start off every conversation that I have out there, whether it's fire service, law enforcement, military, that, you know, the room we're in is like oozing judgment, right? Out, out of the seams. There's mm-hmm. just, you know, what are you doing here? What are you going to say? Who's this guy? You know, blah, blah, blah. All that's there. And it's like, okay, if you can't set that aside to be with me for however long we're together, then, you know, it's just not going to work. So might as well leave. But the videos create an interesting barrier that I think most people don't, the, the leap they don't make, right? And so I ask them to look at the video newly, whether they've seen it before or not. Uh, you know, we use the Deputy Dinkeller video. Um, as our primary source, uh, and I've used it, and you know, thousands of times now. Um, but it's pretty profound because it's it's Drew, and you'll get this, especially from the law enforcement side. It's used widely, but it's used very much in a tactical model. What did I do wrong? What were the tactics that went wrong? Where did communication break down? Right, kind of in the standard stuff. And I don't give a shit about any of that. What I care about is the behavior that's taking place. Right, the impact on Dinkeller, the things that. That happened, like you talk about, Dan, the the preconditioning that occurred uh, for that guy uh, weeks before, days before, all leading up to this incident, the scar training scars that occur uh, from that decades, from those decades of training and dealing with uh, volatile or use volatile uh, people or uh, people that may be uh, mentally unstable. And, you know, the biggest question, the biggest ask there is to set aside the tactical judgment and be with him in that moment, experience the fear, experience that moment, experience this heaviness, you know, this self-doubt, this constant judgment, this critical decision-making that's happening, you know, millisecond, millisecond, millisecond. And, you know, and then I lead in with my you know, my openers on things and I use it as the tool to kind of get them where I want them. Uh, so then we can go for it. Drew, does that, is that a summary? Yeah, yeah. You got? yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, and, and Dan has an interesting take on a couple of concepts there too, that I'm sure he'll hit on that. I really yeah. took out of his presentation to kind of tie that mindset together. And I think the struggle for uh, law enforcement, right. And I'm sure it's in the fire service and other places, but particularly in law enforcement military is <clears throat> what Dan was speaking to the mindset you're speaking to is that I have to train to the level of killing, but that's not our primary objective. Mm-hmm. And then what is our command staff's perspective on those angles? I know it's a, you know, one of the most stressful things we go through as an officer involved shooting and the critiques that go for months or if not years on end in these things. And it's interesting. It's an interesting dichotomy because you're expected to, when that moment comes, deal with it. Um mm-hmm. But we don't want to kind of speak about it, right? In the command staff or even in some organizations, we kind of push that down a little bit as that kind of taboo feature that we offer. But yet I expect every person, like Dan just said, that shouldn't have took the air out of the room the way it did. That is the expectation mm. of every police officer is there is you should be able to um, operate to that level all the way down to your routine response. And so, yes, yeah, this pragmatic issue that kind of goes back and forth. And 
and Dan, you spoke a little bit about um, the, some of the takeaways my guys took away was that pre-event preparation. How do I get ready for this thing? What is my mind going through? Um, and ironically, uh, you know, Dan happened to speak to us. And at that time, we had a few raise their hands. And if had he been or if he when he returns, there'll be uh, unfortunately several more hands that have uh, need to now raise as we've had some other critical issues that have, that have come up. But in the post interviews and in the post um, stress decompression of these guys actually reference this pre mindset training that Dan spoke mm -hmm. about. Yeah, you guys. Um, <clears throat> yeah, super Jeff, I love what you're doing. Almost, so with the with the videos and your what it sounds like what I'm hearing is uh, like a visualization drill afterwards. And the visualization drill is not just the thought process, right? So when we say mindset, I guess how I break down mindset is, is essentially how you think about something like what's that pattern of thought for a thing. Mm -hmm. So there's also body sets and now mm -hmm. body set, and this yeah. is where I've really been able to bring in a lot nice. of my leadership coaching. So the body set is how we hold and how we move towards something, right? So in the body, it's not just this anatomy, right? Like, Hey, I have my arms, my legs. Well, also in our body, we carry our past. We have our character. We have our intuition. We have our, our sense, our feelings. Like we have all these things in our body. So that deeper connection uh, with ourselves and even how we position ourselves. So if I want to, so even right now, for example, I really want to make sure that I'm present for this call. So part of the habits that I've created is my, my chair tilts. So I make sure I put my chair upright. I lock into position. My feet are firmly planted in the ground. So now I reinforce the internal with the external. So I re like nothing is crossed. My legs aren't crossed. My arms aren't crossed. I'm completely open. So I'm reinforcing openness with my body. So I can take external and reinforce the internal. And then the opposite is also true. What is happening on the internal shows up on the external. So if I'm struggling with something, if I'm trying to process, if there, if home life is a mess, it will show up externally at work. So this idea of like, hey, leave your problems at home, dude, that's like asking yourself to <laughs> right, like <yeah>. physically <laughs> remove your arm, like remove yep. a body, like it's impossible because you literally carry it with you everywhere you go. So it's a deeper understanding of yourself. So that's part of body set. And there's a whole, like, that's a whole abyss that we can dive into spirit set. So our beliefs, and I love talking about these taboo things mm -hmm. because one, because they're not talked about. So what's great for right. me is I'm able to use my past as that kind of authority or yes. that position to talk about these things because could you imagine somebody from academia step into a room and say hey has anyone killed it like you'd be like what yeah. who are you like, who are room. you <laughs> academic like one that that individuals most likely will never say that and two like they won't feel comfortable the respect in there so it's great that i'm now able to use my past to just add credibility to the conversation. And at the end of the day, it's not, these questions are not for me to answer. It's really for the operator or for those in the field to answer themselves. With better questions, you can now have better answers. So what I try and do is just show up and help them navigate it without, without shooting on them, without yes. telling somebody what they should or shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. I don't have their job. I don't have the environment that they're in. I don't have their past. I don't have their experience. So who am I to tell somebody what they should be doing? And I won't. What I'll do is just help them navigate that space. Dude, I like you. Genius. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I told you. Man, I mean, that's, uh, I'm, I'm over here giggling, right? This entire time. I'm like, well, because Dan, I, you know, I've taken the same approach, right? And that's where it's, yep. it's like one, <clears throat> You got to have the credibility. Like, I want to be able to step into a room and say, listen, this is this is what matters because 
I know I've lived it. You know, I've navigated these roads uh, and grown through a lot of it. And Dan, I, I'm a big believer in the growth, like the ninja stuff is when you can get out of your mind and into your body, right? When you can mm. begin to understand the, the, the transaction, if you will, and Drew, sorry if you got had a question. I'm jumping in. I'm taking taking the reins back here. No, go for it. Right. So, is, yeah. so if you look at if you look at if you look at our our characteristics, kind of like transactional. So you know, it, the earlier we can get in the transaction, the better. And what I mean by that is, so we start you know with we've got all our senses right. Things are going on. Something happens in the environment, and we experience sensation in the body first you know, scientifically evident, you know, sensation occurs. So when that sensation occurs, it goes through the chain of events that will lead it then to when I label it, I call it then an emotion, you know, or a feeling, then I have a narrative or a thought about that emotion or feeling, right? And then I'm going through this decision making cycle around it. So to me, the ninja work is how do I catch early sensation and be able to go, oh, that that's anxiety or oh, that's, you know, me forecasting, so it's fear, or that's, you know, an uncomfortable sense or feeling. And I can actually be present enough to anchor in the conditions as they are to say, does my internal sensation match my external world right now? And then I can begin to navigate those roads with ease uh, at a whole new level Versus just this, you know, I'm not strong enough. The the narrative that runs in our head, right? Um, I love the kind of, you know, the breakdown three brain model, right? Because trauma lives in the body, you know, the limbic cluster there, real-time operating system, right? Invisible radar out, pinging, looking, constantly observing, you know, and then we have our neocortex, which is really nothing more than the time machine, giving us the opportunity to think about the past or the future. And so really leveraging the body as a whole is really the mindset, you know, because I believe kind of mod the body is the mind in a lot of ways uh, that I, you know, take guys, the road I take guys down. So, Drew, over to you. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, this is, I'm taking it in from multiple angles here because I'm, I'm going to make the leap because I'm not <clears throat> nearly as astute as Just uh, go, both man. of you are. But it's, these are, these are. <laughs> <laughs> they're individual attributes as you're speaking about but i'm also as leaders trying to see how how you two would tie this concept into building your ideal team mm. leading your ideal uh police force fires mm -hmm. i don't know what they call them anymore jeff the trucks their squads or whatever um <clears throat> trying to lead i mean i'm, I'm assuming what we're talking about is manifestations here of what people's behaviors or what they're trying to do and um it's critical as a leader of me, right? To make sure that I'm astute to see not only what I'm feeling as the individual kind of stepping back and detaching and being able to have a 360 view of what's occurring around me, but also looking for these key signals in individuals. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like how, how we kind of correlate in relationships when we work to achieve a common goal. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, you want to take that first? You want me to go? Man, there's so much good stuff. <laughs> we, only, we only have an hour, right? We do. We have all the time we want. We got this. Oh, man, we, got. we do whatever we want. We come back again. This is too much fun. I'm I'm liking that. Well, I guess, Dan, kind of what I was thinking is, you know, we talked about the um, roles, you know, the three. I'll let you talk about the three factors there, yeah. I guess. But it also kind of correlates to, <clears throat> I guess, a lot of people that we're, we're speaking to, Giraffe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, right? But is leadership or mm -hmm. what we're looking for in these, especially times we're seeing right now with COVID and with uncertainty and fear. And mm -hmm. so we also need to be aware uh, of signals that our people are giving mm -hmm. off as well as what we're interacting. With. So, so if I may, I'd like to answer this in a very roundabout way. <laughs> and oh, go for it. So we don't want to be in the boxing ring talking about boxing. Right. Like if it, mm. if it's go time, it's just, it's, it's go time, right? It's that action phase. So all the work, and if you're trying to do training when you're in that action phase, right, you're already behind. So I think there's a, there's a Musashi quote, you know, the battles won before, before the fight mm -hmm. even takes place. So, so the big, it's all the preparation. So the space that I'm really trying to focus on is 
is the academy space is the pre-trauma which which now you're looking if you really dive into trauma there's generational trauma there's childhood trauma so now you have more susceptibility to ptsd because uh you know depending on the history of the individual so the preparation phase is even more important especially if these individuals are stepping into roles that are in and around violence or in and around volatility. I use volatility because I've been talking about this for a few years now and I've had emotional reactions negatively and I've actually seen people just turn off when I do use violence. So even just using the word and using the language has turned off people in the audience. So just to try and reach more people in the audience, I've, I've changed my language and I've even softened it um, depending on the audience just to really meet them where they're at and then bring them up because it's for their benefit. It's not for mine. And so part of it is this, this pre-trauma in talking about it, this preparation phase. So to go to the team, it's having that conversation up front. It's having the conversation prior to the shooting. It's having all the inconc- – all the uncomfortable stuff or as, as much as you can beforehand, before the shooting, before the fire, before the emergency, before you go to the car accident, you know, before somebody dies on the hospital bed, it's, it's having the answers beforehand. So then you can process it better. Mm -hmm. Ideally process it better. And react better, right? More proficient. Well, to move from react to respond. So, yeah, so the gotcha. distinction is react yeah, is yeah, an untrained and yep. then respond is that trained. So I don't want to react. And this kind of goes into, you know, I think what you, what you want me to touch on, Drew, is a little bit of this feeder mindset. And this comes from some, mm-hmm. uh, a martial art group that I've spent some time with, uh, Kali and what they describe as a feeder mindset. And part of this feeder mindset is is having is being ready prior to. So having that full, having as much awareness, having that preparation, and then also having that willingness addressed all prior to the incident and not during the actual action phase. So it's already having a, <clears throat> a pre-programmed response is what you're saying, essentially. Like, I'm going to... I anticipate the threat. I see the threat. I'm going to move and I'm going to act quicker. Um, not reaction, like you said, but more preparatory. And I have a trad- and I have a response that's already pre-planned and built in. Yeah, and closer to a correct response, maybe than than something that's been conditioned that may not be the correct response. Right. So even language. So here's an easy one: Is violence bad, or is violence good? How however you want to frame it. And when I was working at the Naval Academy, I would ask the midshipmen this. So I'm standing there in uniform with, you know, all my, with my stuff on my, on my chest and I would ask him and then the class would raise their hand. And a lot of times, and I played with the phrasing of it and they're like, yes, violence is bad. I was like, okay, now let's just pause on that language. If bad exists, what must also exist? And they're like, well, good. And then I'd also ask them like, Hey, in the military, if you support or participate in acts of violence and if violence is bad, are you bad? And so just really some simple questions, not giving answers. Like I'm not giving it, I'm just asking questions and just with real simple level surface questions, it threw them for a, and they were like, Oh wow, I've never thought of it that way. And it was just like, yeah, you're, you're at a military Academy and you're all going to be commissioned officers in the Navy or Marine Corps. And just this question of violence is bad. They're like, yes, violence is bad. And we wonder why veterans and people still active duty are struggling with so much because there's what I've noticed is that there's this contradiction and there's this contradiction of how society uh, speaks about something. And I'll just stick with the language component how society has a language around something. And then there's a shift. There's a shift to the fire department, 
to being a, uh, a doctor, to being a first responder, to going into the military, to going into some other career that's in and around volatility. And then that culture is very different than what the culture is in society. And now they're trying to process it, but we don't talk about it. So now there's this internal conflict because they're almost split. They're like, oh, I was told this is bad, but I'm in this culture and it's good and we honor it. And we don't talk about it, so they don't know how to process it. So what I'm trying to do is like bring bring the conversation up in a way and dissect it for people to better uh, process it where they come up with their answers. Like I'm not going to tell somebody what's a belief, but we should just talk about religious beliefs, spirituality, whether it's atheism, Christianity, Judaism, whatever it is, to have the conversation. And hey, if you if you're a Christian and you're a cop and you take a life, mm-hmm. how are you gonna process that? Because you should address that prior to taking a life. All right, we're gonna take a quick break to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by Brute Force Training. When you're ready to be in the physical condition necessary to meet the rigors, demands, and expectations of your profession, then check out the team over at bruteforcetraining.com and pick up their gear. I promise you, it will put you in the condition you need to be in for this moment and the next. You can use the discount code OPMINDSET, that's OPMINDSET, and the team will take a little bit off the top for you. Now, always remember, train accordingly. Now let's get back to the show. Long prior to it, yeah. Yeah. You have this interesting concept, like having to, so kind of using that doctor, Dan, and then correlation to law enforcement or whatever. I mean, a doctor at times has to cause harm to do good, right? And so, Jeff, what do you think about, I mean, the, yeah, I, kind of what Dan was saying there, that pragmatic approach around maybe that guilt around, I have to do evil. Does that make me evil? Well, yeah. I mean, Dan, you're spot on with, I mean, totally spot on here. And so I'm going to echo something, a point Dan made early, just to frame it for the audience so they understand, because I think sometimes we get in these conversations and being the people that we are in the community or we can collapse some stuff. So Dan made a great point i just want to echo it you know the difference between a moment where i am in action and a moment where i am not right and so uh you know this is again we're talking the bulk of this conversation we're talking all you know pre-development pre-deployment early stage as early as possible uh you know early development around the languages and the things that we that exist for us that it got created for us through our upbringing through the cultures that we experienced and then how that shapes us forward. And Dan, you're exactly right. This is where, I mean, just that one point, just that one question, is violence bad, will absolutely draw down the moral injury later, right? The guilt, the shame, the you know doubt, the worry, did I do a good job or not? I executed my mission well, but, you know, and then you've got that big but in there, I feel like this versus yes, I executed I executed my mission well, and you know this is something I'm dealing with in terms of the challenge around of it around it. But yeah, I mean, I think that that is that is a a massive issue that we deal with on a regular basis. And and Dan, I'm a I'm a firm believer, right? I mean, 95% of our trauma experiences early childhood, and then we carry it with us. And all of that shows up. And so, Drew, to kind of jump back to your question about the leadership aspect of it. One, I like to always kind of tell people, it's like, okay, if you're in a leadership role, and we're talking not necessarily in action, right? Leadership role in action is you do what you need to do. You, you know, you, you respond to the conditions as they exist. Okay, so we're going to set that aside for a minute. But, you know, I look at my leadership trait in the firehouse or in the military or at the agency, you know, for Drew, when you're out training, when you're out working with your guys, not in the, those moments, how do I as a leader be in tune enough with my people as to help them navigate something or help me navigate something? And so the first question is always is, I like to say, is that their shit or is that my shit coming up? You know, if I'm frustrated, if I'm mm-hmm. irritated, if I'm, you know, maybe I'm anxious, maybe I just walked out of the house, I had a stressful morning, you know, the little man was a nightmare this morning, maybe, you know, or I get yelled at or I've misplaced my car keys or I had a issue. It could be a whole host of things that I'm carrying into my day and then into my communication and then into my leadership style. 
and then into all these things. And so, mm. you know, to keep it simple, is that your shit or my shit? Wait a minute. If it's my shit, then I'm going to go deal with it and I'll be back and I'm going to own it. If it's your shit, cool. Let's deal with it. How can I help guide you or navigate through? And I think the thing we often fail at pretty consistently as leaders is when it is their stuff, when, when somebody's dealing with something, we don't ever look to get to the heart of what they're dealing with. You know what I mean? We don't say, Hey yeah. dude, I get you on yeah. an anxious morning, you know, go take five minutes, right? Go, then mm -hmm. have the tools to be like, Hey, uh, well, you know, I had an anxious morning. And before I got out of the car, I did a three minute drop in meditation and I'm good. I was able to kind of transition myself and get myself here. Right. And clean that up and, and move forward. We're not really designed and, and we haven't instituted the tools. It's like, go back to what Dan said, right? It's leave it at home. You need to leave that shit at home. You need to set that stuff aside. You need to suck it up. You know what I mean? There's no place for that out here in the mm -hmm. range or whatever we say, right? To be more mm -hmm. whatever, you know, we need to be in that minute. And that's where then, if that's me as a leader, what's actually happening there is their shit is now triggering my shit. And now it's our shit up against each other versus right. Actually given, <laughs> actually caring about each other and saying, Hey dude, what actually happened? And giving the space to be like, dude, I had a crap morning, you know? Oh, well, okay, cool. I get that. Like, that's easy. We can, we can navigate that or my wife's leaving me or my husband's leaving me, or, you know, I'm still really bothered by the call we ran the other day. Like, like to, yes, to give yep. this freedom, the space and, you know, and that, that's a, that's a leap. I don't think we've made yet, you know, as a community, it's, it may be in pockets, but that's not a leap we've made yet. I, mean, I guess, as I hear that, a lot of what you're talking about is um, being self-aware, that self-awareness function of knowing where you sit yeah. and truly being honest with yourself and where, um, where are my issues lying with? And I think that's where that is probably one. I think we always have a solution, good or bad, to somebody else's problems. Right? Sure. When it comes to your own, I think that is the inherent challenge that we got to be faced with. And as especially as leaders, is to know what am I bringing to the solution or, or problem, which is either drawing to or pulling apart from. Um, yeah, I think it's a uh, <clears throat> very interesting oh, approach. Yeah. I think you see it in the sense that, you know, Dan brought up the academy and um, even generationally speaking, I mean, the times when you and I, you and I, all of us went through the academy are way different 20 plus years ago and what these kids are going through today, right? Uh, and just the ownership or just the disciplinary levels, and you can see where we can get out of whack at times. And so that kind of tough guy mentality of leave it at home, I think we're now on the <clears throat> cusp of trying to see the importance of that mental health mm -hmm. and that background and trying to support people. And, you know, there's no way I could have brought either one of you guys in, you know, back up even just five, six, seven years ago talking about pre-event stuff, right? Maybe on the early onset of maybe some of the um, um, SWAT operation level kind of stuff or officer-involved shooting kind of level. Now it's starting to sort of, uh, give us at least a trend in that direction to then bring people in that are experts in this, that have lived it, that are experienced in it, and how to set people up for success. And I think that's what we're all striving to do in this arena. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, I think that's it is. And, you know, and then the caveat to everything at PS is 99 times out of 100, it is your shit, <laughs> you know, that you're bringing to the table. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's Dan, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, if I may, just on the on the leadership part. So the hardest work is the work that we do on ourselves. Like we're so like the three of us could sit down in a room and probably just go through and tear up everyone around and talk smack and solve the world's problems. And then as soon as I looked at you, it'd be like, Hey, what do you have going on? You're like, Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Or, oh, I'm good. I'm right? like, yeah. Yeah. Hey Dan, what do you have going on? I'm like, Oh, everything's great. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so often like we are the yeah. problem. Like if everyone just worked on themselves and focused on themselves, things would be so much better. However, that's not the case. So the hardest work, and Drew said it, is self-awareness. And I'm not saying this is a plug uh, for my journal, but one reason, and I'm working on it, it's not out yet, it should be out in the next few months. I designed this leadership, this guided leadership journal. And so once again, it's not a book 
shooting on people and this isn't to put down books that are out there because there's so many great sure. leadership books and now it's hey how do you help somebody navigate what they do with the information it's like oh i'm reading a book a week or i'm reading a book a month like okay that's great that's great knowing how is that knowing transferring into the doing and not yeah. somebody else's doing you're that's doing that's not you showing up to work going like hey guys i just read this book and this is what you all need to do <laughs> you know and it's cre it's it's creating self-awareness and it's this idea so when i say leadership when i break it down into one word oversimplify it i like using the word guidance mm -hmm. and i mm -hmm. like that the word influence is out there and that so many people use that and I think that's great because it plays into Western culture, this, this idea of something outside. Oh, leadership is influencing those around you or this thing outside of yourself. And it's great because I'm totally against that. No, nope. leadership starts with you and it yeah. starts inside of you and it starts with your own self-awareness. And it really, it starts on the work that you're doing on yourself. So how do you guide yourself and how do you guide those around you? And so it doesn't necessarily rest on a position. There is positional leadership. However, you can guide and influence and motivate and do all these other things to those around you without having that position. So in this journal, it's to help create. And I, I, I added consulting aspects. I have academics in there, and then I have mini coaching arcs. So what I tried to do is scale leadership coaching and bracket it and, and do these different things to create a unique experience for somebody to go through just to either go internal, and, and that's hard to do. So sometimes we're a good place to start for self-awareness mm -hmm. is just noticing. And that noticing instead of those sensations within the individual, because depending on where they're at in their, in their adult development stage, they may have to just start noticing the world around them and the emotions and the sensations and the, the patterns. So if you start external, that external noticing can start to move internal. And I bracketed out the the uh, the journal into 12 different sections just to help people um, really start noticing themselves and the world around them. Uh, Dan, well, Dan, and wow. yeah, man, and Excellent. I'm going to say Excellent. when you get that thing up, please let me know. I'd love to put it out uh, uh, through the podcast. <laughs> we'll get back on to talk about it because that's, you know, when we do those meditation shoot programs, that's, that's it, right? That's, that is the which is, you know, very awkward, right? How do you combine a distinct practice of meditation and then moving to the pistol or the long gun, uh, you know, putting rounds out at distance? And that, Dan, that I want to acknowledge you for that point, right? It is, that's the entry point. It is just simply being present enough to notice the conditions around you, the world around you, the people around you, you know, and then building upon that, right? And working through those skills to where eventually you can notice, wait a minute, you know, something just triggered me or I got a sensation off of something. What was that? And, you know, and then meeting mm. that with, and I always, I, I love your approach, Dan. I mean, my approach is always, you know, life is the, the most exceptional operators I've had the chance to interview and dissect when I was doing my work at the agency and looking at human performance and looking at all this stuff. You know, that's where the kind of the math problem for an operational mindset came about. And, you know, what I, one of the key traits, one of the key attributes that consistently came up was these guys really lived a life of curiosity. I mean, they met virtually everything. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, given the, the world, you know, the guys I've interviewed out of your previous world, uh, you know, when, you know, when I looked mm -hmm. at somebody who said, yeah, that guy's definitely it, right? He's definitely at one of the top one percenters. Distinctly lived a life of curiosity, was just curious, was always curious. Like, how can I do this better? Or what's going on? Or what about the people around me? Or how do I solve this problem? Or whatever it was, there was just a, the first step was this first step of curiosity. And then they were able to move through right into action in places. And I think that's huge. I mean, I think that's a, we don't do that enough. We don't get curious about our people, you know, to go back to your point, Drew, as a leader, like really curious. We don't get curious about 
even though people were, as a law enforcement officer, you're challenged to deal with, right? What's going on for you right now? Why are we even here, <laughs> you know, on this call? Right. I think it's that, I think it's that challenge that you all, I mean, your roles and leadership roles and, and mine as well is the, uh, that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of commitment, takes a lot of vulnerability, takes a lot of setting aside other projects. And I think that's where, what's interesting, what's happening right now around us is that we now have a truly um, <clears throat> uh, dynamic event that is occurring that's causing everything to shift and to focus in this arena. And so things that were important two weeks ago yeah. mean nothing now. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter how many dollars are behind that or how many how many hours were behind that thing. What matters is what matters now. And I think that's when, when we can finally make that shift, at least in, in my perspective in law enforcement, we truly get away from those project-y type things and focus in on this concept of, uh, yeah. I love Dan's word, is yeah. guidance and leadership and that model um, to see how it expands and grows. I think that is where uh, well, a lot I of us struggle. I challenge fail. you, Drew, you um, know, to, to just step back. I mean, you said it takes a lot of work or it takes, you know, it takes away from something else. And actually, yep. and Dan, you jump in on this. And if I'm wrong, please, like, you know, point it this way for a minute. It actually doesn't. It's actually some of the, the easiest work you can do because it doesn't doesn't cost you anything. And it really doesn't take that much effort. What it mm -hmm. takes is a just a willingness to be curious today. That's it. That's it. That's it. And notice, right? Curiosity and noticing. That's all you got to do today. Like, like, you know, and the amount of training, the amount of exercises you could build around that with your team, with your guys. Hey, we're going to get in the car, drive around. I want you to be curious about everything you see today. Okay, cool. And let's talk about it. When you see something that sparks your attention, like allowing your attention to be drawn to things and then being curious about it and then saying, hey, wonder what that guy's doing, right? Just be curious. So I, I would, I would challenge that a little bit because I think that's a, that's a, that's a trap that we can fall into for ourselves to say it takes a lot or man, really that, that, you know, doing all that work takes a lot. There's a lot of development time there. And so when we do that, the framing around that then sets it on the bookshelf rather than being in front of you. And I would say after doing mm -hmm. this, it actually, it's, it's, it's simple in its, in its process. We will. Dan, I, I don't know. Or Drew pushed back at me. You can, I'll, st I'll sit down now. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. I have, uh, I have a pad of paper in front of me full of notes. <laughs> so I'm just trying to like sort through which, which thing to say out of the chaos that I put on paper. Um, so, so 100%, everything that you're saying, you know, we're talking about yeah a shift mm, right yeah. so either an emotional shift a reframe like hey how how are we how do we look at this so even in the journal there's this upfront work and one of the lines that i have in there is mm -hmm. like hey come from a place of curiosity and when i work with clients it's the same thing so typically we come from that place of judgment so earlier you were talking about like hey just set your judgment aside and it's really what we're trying to do is shift or reframe like hey we want to move from a place of judgment to a place of curiosity. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you move to that place of, of curiosity, now there's room for growth because you can really hinder yourself if you're like, oh man, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to put on, put on weight or I'm not losing weight fast enough. And you judge yourself and you're like, oh, well, I might as well just eat this food and like, get fat mm -hmm. again or whatever, whatever <laughs> it is. And you're like, Hey, move to a place of curiosity. Hey, I notice at night I get the munchies like, wow, that's really yeah. interesting. Okay. Instead of judging myself because that's not servicing me. So that's also a great question that I actually had with my son today. I was like, he's mm -hmm. doing homework, you know, everyone's stuck at home and he was doing some stuff. And I was like, Hey pal, how is that servicing you? And he was just like, uh, it's not dad. And dad I was like, ask me these questions. <laughs> yeah, like dad, what's with all these questions? I was like, hey man, like how is that servicing you? He's like, well, it's not. I was like, okay, so do you think that that's helping you? And I just like walk him through it. And he's like, no, it's not helping you. So how, what's a better way to answer that question? He's like, well, probably me not FaceTiming my friends while I'm trying to do my score. Like, exactly. oh, well, there you go. <laughs> you know, instead of me just rolling up saying like, 
hanging up his phone for him. I help him navigate it. So now it's the same thing with, with our trainees or those that we're mentoring. It's really just walking them through the process to then create the greater awareness inside of them. Because when they say it or when they walk the path, now it's not being forced on them. And now they're able to notice and shift perspective. So really, that's part of that guide. Like, hey, I'm going to grab your hand or, hey, you're, I'm going to walk next to you and we're just going to go on this journey together. I've had a little bit more time on this path, so I'm just going to point out things to you. And then also ask you to see what you notice. And it can be anything. Hey, what do you notice? Hey, I'm noticing this about myself or others. Awesome. And now just reinforcing it, you know, verbally and being that being a positive reinforcement and continue to ask questions are things that I've seen have, have been huge. And if I will, Drew, I will beat you up a little <laughs> bit just because I can't it. go for it be without without beating you up a little bit because in <laughs> right. real life, you'll beat yeah. me up physically. So, you know, I got to get my jabs in on on a podcast. So the F word, so I'm a big anti F word guy Mm -hmm. and the F word is failure. Yeah. Like that is such a strong word. And it's like, don't be afraid to fail or fail this or like, no, no, no. Like we don't want to fail. Fails bad. Let's make it okay to make mistakes. Right. Like, Hey, if you make a mistake, it's all right. Let's come back from it. But like, I'm, I, I am more okay with making a mistakes, a mistake than like, Hey Dan, you failed today. Like, Holy mm-hmm. smokes. That is a blow. Hey Dan, you made a mistake on communications today. Like, Hey, my bad. Hey, we can learn from mistakes. Failure or the effort is really bad. So just right language still has power. So we want to shift from failure to like, Hey, we make mistakes. We learn and we move forward. We don't want to fail. Like fails like, Hey, my it's partner fine, got though. shot. Yeah, yep. like it is final. It's so we, final. So, yeah, we mm-hmm. want to avoid that. Yeah. So I must I, fail somewhere in there. All Interesting. All that, yeah. <laughs> so what? Here, here's the here's the uh, million dollar question for the both of you because we're getting close. Is the a guy, or I shouldn't say even a guy, leaders like me or current people practicing in the field or medical professionals? What you're seeing out there? What would you two say is critical to start doing now? Like we talked about a lot of things like shifting uh, leadership, guidance, uh, changing verbiage. What's what resonating with me right now is the, the shifting in terminology and what you guys are speaking about is offering, uh, opening the spectrum, I guess I would say. So what would you say are the biggest takeaways things we can start doing right now for those that are listening to you two in the field right now grasping for this? Dan, you want to take that one first? Uh, no, I'd okay. actually rather hear your thoughts. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it. Love it. He's, he's taking ahead. notes, remember? He's yeah, that's, that, a yeah that's a big well, question. I, I, I it, try to... It, I'm trying to give the audience point. something. I mean, if yeah, I'm listening well, to you guys going right now, I, like, I want to start now, right? I want to do this now. You know, what do I do? Here's, I'm going to keep yeah. mine fairly simple, Drew, because I say it all the time. I'm going to go back to it. And this is... I And I believe this goes for leadership today, leadership next month, leadership in five years there's there is nothing to do about it right this second okay so the we talked you and i talked about this on their show a little bit ago right when we kind of talked about covid and what was going on the crisis happening if yep. all of us it's incumbent upon all of us in this world to do this but especially as the leader and if i'm if i'm looking at what i can do how I lead by example, how I really cultivate my people, how I, you know, do everything else. It is the essence of bringing that calm to the chaos. It is just, and I, and I know I say that and probably listeners are like, oh, there goes Jeff again with his bring, bring calm to chaos shit. Uh, but to me, it is, it is the absolute truth. And what <laughs> that means is taking care of myself, actually making myself as the leader a priority because how I show up will impact everyone else around me. If I don't take two minutes in the car, if I don't find moments of recovery, if I don't do, you know, some kind of self-practice, calming, regulated breath work, 
you know, any of the tools and crap we talk about on the show all the time, if I'm not in action around putting myself in the condition I need to be in, then I will be causing chaos amongst my people. Then they will be causing chaos amongst the community. So it is my job to be the anchor of calm as the leader amongst my people. So that means I take time. If I need, if I need a minute, I go pause. I need a minute. You know, I'm going to digress here for a minute, but mm -hmm. mm -hmm. hundred years ago, we ran this, uh, fire in a business and it was like, uh, I don't know, some kind of farming business or something out in the middle of nowhere. So one story, single story, you know, kind of metal roof building. Uh, and we get in, we were like, I don't know, first on the second alarm. So we've been going on a little bit. The crews were coming out. They're like, oh, it's good. You know, we got it out. They're finishing up right now. And a couple of us were looking at this building going, that's still pretty dark smoke coming out of the eaves right there. Uh, and so we go in, mm -hmm. we're kind of checking some stuff out and I see a door down a hallway and I'm like, go, go check that. And, you know, as we're, I'm talking to the, the captain or whatever, and all my, you know, I hear my guy yell back, right. They pop the door, black smoke rolls in. It had actually bled through. So it's in the office area. We start getting in, uh, there's fire rolling across the ceiling. My guys are popping tiles. Heat levels are rising quickly. I look, you know, I'm kind of can feel around and start to see that this is a bunch of cubicle walls in there. So I know we have massive conditions for like flashover right now. Yeah. Right. And, yep. and I could feel myself anxiety building and you can't see shit completely dark. We end up shoved into this room and I got five other knuckleheads, like all piling up on me. I turned around and I'm like, back the fuck up. Everybody <laughs> go find a corner right now and get the fuck down is best. You know, and I just launch off at everybody, break out a window, stick my head out. I'm calling command. I'm like, you know, we need hose lines. We need all this stuff. Did I handle that? Well, probably not because I allowed the conditions to kind of overwhelm me as the leader, drive my anxiety mm -hmm. up. And then in mm -hmm. communication out, I, what do I create when I communicate with a level of anxiety out? What I create is fear. Yeah. Chaos. I start, I yep. lay the groundwork for fear. Cause then why is Jeff freaking out? Why is this going, something must be going bad here. Right. I created that. Yep. No one else. That's on me. That doesn't mean I can't tell everybody to go to their corners, do this, do that. Doesn't mean I can't issue commands and be in action in that moment, but it's my responsibility to put myself in the condition I need to be in. And when I'm the leader, that is calm, right? That is steady. That is the anchor. And so that's my what do you what do you do today? You go take two minutes for yourself, three minutes for yourself, five minutes for yourself when you need it. If anxiety is creeping in, if stress is creeping in, if you're not, if you're if you are not the anchor, then you need to figure out a way, regulate your breathing, start your box breathing drills, start your rhythmic breathing drills, right? You have to that self-care is so critical. So that's where I'll leave it. And Dan, you can argue against that if you want. I'm good. <laughs> but that's my that's my thought that's my thought <laughs> yeah, but he's been in the mix let's see what he's got oh man no it's so good i'm and i so much i want to say uh i think what i'll do is i'll just stick with kind of what we've said already and not go into any more rabbit holes so to go with what you just said is maybe just pause ask yourself that question like how is mm -hmm. this servicing mm -hmm. me right now like mm -hmm. oh i'm anxious mm -hmm. You know, meaning, hey, I'm thinking about the future. Your mind is in the future. It's not present. So how is that servicing you right now? Oh, I'm freaking out emotionally. Emotionally, I have this, this thing or I'm pissed. I'm pissed off at so-and-so. Okay, how is that servicing you? And then the other question is, how is that servicing others? So once again, it's not about you. It's not even about you. It's about your team. So now you have to like, Hey, how is this servicing me to that self-care component to it? Like, Hey, this isn't doing anything for me right now. I'll deal with it later or, Hey, I'll process it or breathe or calm down or whatever it is you need to do. And now how is this servicing my team? Like Drew, I'm pissed at you. You're on my team and I'm going to yell and scream. Okay. Is that, is that the correct answer? Is that the best answer to that? Is that is what, is that the answer that will service you or actually do I need to show up differently? Cause now 
I don't want to mm-hmm. see that behavior or I need to correct that behavior or we need to address something. So maybe sitting down, drinking a cup of coffee together, having an adult conversation, walking through it, and maybe even asking you like, hey, what were your thoughts? What led you to this decision? Maybe that services you better, which in the long road, right, creates a Pays better off, teammate yeah. instead of just me venting my own emotions. So now to sit there and just ask that question, hey, how is this servicing me? How is this servicing others? And then to also hit on, we talked about noticing and to just use this phrase, start noticing from a place of curiosity. So now just like, hey, start noticing from a place of curiosity. Start noticing, what do I know? What do I notice when I drive? Oh, I notice I get pissed off. Like, okay, well, what's that doing for me? Nothing. Right. You know, so these two right. kind of like this, this back and forth exchange. Hey, I'm in whatever situation it is. Hey, start noticing from a place of curiosity. Oh, that's interesting that so-and-so is doing this. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's it. Wow. What emotion is that? And now start labeling things. And I know we didn't really, I kind of skipped emotion set when I was talking about the different sets. What are those patterns emotionally that, that we've established that have been conditioned, which may not be the correct answer or the best answer to that, to that question. And I use that in a very general, like we're posed with questions is how I use this, this, this language. We're posed with questions throughout the day. Somebody cut me off. I, I just, I have a question. Hey, somebody cut you off. How are you going to respond or react to that? Mm-hmm. So that was the question, how I answer it. I, I have a thousand different ways. And this goes into, once again, like we could keep going down rabbit holes that we don't have time for. But now start noticing from a place of curiosity and how does it service you and how does it service others? Yeah. I love that. Excellent. Right, that, was, that was a Wow. Go ahead, Drew. <laughs> well, I hope that. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, that's... Uh... <clears throat> That's what starving minds like myself are looking for is just guidance and ideas and uh, suggestions from experts just like you two. Um, I'm blown away. I have a notepad full of notes too as well, and I'm trying to write down everything that's keeping. Yeah, this is this is one, Dan. I thanks thanks for taking the time and coming on. I mean, I think it uh, I think it'd be great to have you back on. Uh, this is this was a lot of fun for me. Clearly, a little bit unusual, um, and, and I loved it. I loved it. Dan, I, you know, I really want to acknowledge you for the work you're doing. Uh, I'm really looking forward to your journal. I'm a big believer in a lot of that. Um, and I'll make sure that, you know, I've got all the links up to, you know, your stuff uh, within the show notes. We'll make sure all that's published out there. Drew, my brother, thanks for, you know, taking the time out of your busy schedule and amongst all the chaos going on for you right now uh, to do this and bring Dan on. Uh, uh, this was uh this was pretty cool. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of speechless on this one. This was, this was an hour of like goodness oozing <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like we can keep going. Dude. Oh man, it, yeah, it, it went by so minutes, fast. Thirty-eight seconds yeah, right out of the conversation. That's, that's that's good stuff. I mean, this may we may have to turn this. We may have to like turn this into the Joe Rogan episode and like go for you know three or four hours. Uh, in here but you know, we'll, we'll definitely schedule some time we'll schedule a couple things because dan i think there's a lot more i'd love to explore with you you know you're right on the track as far as i'm concerned uh you know these are the important issues uh i feel like you know we need more people like you who have the credibility to stand up you know and communicate and share uh from a level of experience you know that few have achieved and so one thank you for that i really appreciate your your dedication to that drew I know uh, where your heart is around leading your people and how effective you want your people to be, the people around you and, you know, people pretty much across the nation around the world. I know that you really care. So I just want to acknowledge both of you guys for your work and Absolutely. your commitment. And so yep. we're going to wrap up today's episode. This has been rad. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll reschedule. Maybe this should be a once a month thing with the good, you know, this will be the conversation of us hanging out and, you know, we'll do, schedule a little bit later next time and I'll get a cocktail and we'll sit down and, you know, have some. Yeah, man, totally, dude. I'm going to do this more often. I, you did a great job. <laughs> That's, That's it. I, I feel like I'm going to be getting notes like flying in and like, hey, can you turn that show over to Drew now? <laughs> like, okay.
No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> great job. Game. Thanks, Drew. I'm Dan, truly honored, Thanks fellas. again. Thank Anything you, so you want to leave us with, Dan, before we get going? I'll make sure all your your links to all your social media stuff, the website's up. And when you launch the journal, please uh, let me know. We'll make sure we get on another episode and talk about it uh, and, you know, go through it. But, Dan, anything final before we totally close the show out? Yeah, this was great. I guess uh, for my stuff online, mm -hmm. I'm working on a bunch of stuff. So when you show up, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, I, I'm I'm trying to get content and figure out how to better share content, create content. And I have like four different jobs right now. So just with everything else that life's thrown, you know, trying to get more stuff online, uh, mainly just to help communicate some of these, uh, these ideas. And, and just for me personally, to continue service it's just yep. showing up differently now that i'm retired uh so so if you show up and you're like hey this isn't this great this year is like my big focus to to make those things better yeah as so always just i mean be patient I, with I, me, I think please. the great thing dan i'll validate this because i you know <laughs> i've been busting my butt in this all the time and i have a whole thing i had a whole thing about looking good make sure everything looks pretty and all that other stuff i think the listeners they get it right this is they, they they know the value that's here and behind it. And yep. so uh, it'll be great. All right. We're going to wrap up the show today. Uh, thanks for listening to Mindset Radio. I can't wait till the next time around. And until then, uh, be safe, right? Take care of yourself. Uh, tune back in and really looking forward to spending some more time with you. Thanks so much for listening. Today's show was brought to you in part by the Primed Mind app. You know, I've gotten to know Elliot Rowe over some time now, and using his app has been a huge game changer for me. It brings together a perfect set of guided meditations that really keep you in the game, whether it's sleep, performance, workouts, resiliency, or making those critical transitions between home and work. The Prime Mind app is my go-to source for putting me in the mental and emotional condition necessary to deal with whatever comes my way. Check it out at mindsetradio.com backslash primed mind. That's P-R-I-M-E-D-M-I-N-D. Download it and check out what Elliot has to offer. Remember, this podcast is only available through your continued support through donations to the Operational Mindset Foundation at opmindset.org and through your engagement with our sponsors. So stop by mindsetradio.com for all the show notes from today's episode and show some love to all of our sponsors by visiting mindset.com backslash sponsors. As always, feel free to drop me a note with your thoughts about today's episode or join us on Facebook in the Mindset Radio Facebook group. You could follow us on Instagram at Mindset Radio or over at Twitter at Mindset underscore radio. That's Mindset underscore radio over on Twitter. Thanks again for listening and I'm looking forward to next time. Until then, stay safe. And stay operational, my friends.